good citizens of the earth. We back again. Feel like I never leave you guys. I'm always thinking about you. So good to see you again. What's going on? How's life? Hope everybody is living emotionally intelligent so that you can get through your obstacles and, and have uh, have good days. I'll be honest with you. It's a this is a grind for me these last few months. And I think I'm in one of the biggest grinds of my life. So I'm really relying on my emotional intelligence right now to even be here to do this podcast. Because honestly, some of the things that I'm trying to put together and fight and get over the line has just been a lot. It's overwhelming at a point. So that's just real. But that's emotional intelligence. Because I have expectations to do big things. And I tell people what those expectations are. That means I have to show up in them. And that doesn't really mean uh, a matter how I feel. And right now, I don't want to do this. But I do like talking to you guys. So I'm here because this is a responsibility that I said I wanted to do. So here we are. Call me and we'll talk about what's going on, all my peoples out there. But look, today we're going to talk about something I think is interesting. And it's, uh, it's really salient in my life right now. Um, and it has been for a while. Um, but we're going to talk about emotional intelligence in couples, relationships, marriages. You're dating somebody. We're going to talk about that. And, and, and this is going to be a series. I'm going to talk about this, and then I'm, I'm going to jump around a little bit these next few episodes to keep you guys guessing. Um, we've got to get some guests on here because I know I know everything, but you need to meet somebody else that knows everything. <laughs> you get tired of me. So i got some cool guests coming next. But this episode which will go into another episode uh, of, of being uh, dating or being married to a high-powered woman. So it's going to be a little jump. We're going to do just relationship, couple emotional intelligence. And then let's talk about, for all my male friends out there, my bros, uh, how do you date, marry successfully a high-powered woman? And it's a lot of scenarios there that may apply, but I talk to a lot of guys, and, you know, I'm 42, almost 43. Um, and but even guys in their 30s and, and early 20s, late 20s, I mean, you're starting to think about settling down and you start to talk. All my best, best friends are either married or very close to it. So um, we're not really I'm not, I don't know the last wedding. I went to a wedding like three years ago and it was for a younger um, guy that I managed. But when I talk to all the guys that are dating or looking for somebody, we believe it or not, men want to settle down when they get to a certain age. Um, but they're looking for something specific. And I talk to a lot of guys that want to date a high-powered woman, a woman that has a career, a woman that, that, that is somebody without them, right? Um, and I'm married to a woman like that. Um, I grew up with a mother like that, a high-powered. So I understand that very well. So that's something I want to dive into. I was actually in a meeting with a, 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 a cool um, company called Akaba, um, if anybody out there knows it. Um, Hutch doing a great job with that organization. But that was one of the things he brought up. We were at the Women of Impact, and my wife got honored this past week. And he brought up a topic for the husbands that were there in a separate breakout on how do we support high-power women. And it was a very interesting discussion. Um, and I feel like I got a lot to share there. Um, and for those men that are looking for that or for the high-power women out there that can't find a man, we're going to talk about it. But first, let's dive into emotional intelligence for couples. I got some time today. And I'm going to take my time because this is important. I know I go to a lot of events. I remember when I first met my wife and I moved, well, not but even before I moved to Miami from D.C., um, my wife was a lawyer, uh, a prosecutor down in Miami, and she had a lot of female friends. Most of the prosecutors in Miami are, are female, um, or at least it seemed like that. 
And I was literally like one of the only guys around sometimes um, from that aspect. So all these single women used to hear all the things that they were looking for and they couldn't find and all these things. Um, and now that I've gotten further into emotional intelligence and then I got my, my boys over here that I know the discussions we have, um, this is something we need to think about. Emotional intelligence, but look, I'll be honest with you. I think about and focus on emotional intelligence all the time, but m it's one of the hardest things to do in your relationship. And my wife often points out that my emotional intelligence isn't that high when it comes to our marriage because I talk about it all the time. But, you know, I'm transparent, but we're going to dive into this. So what I'm going to look here first is a lot of studies have been done on relationships um, in, in, in the field of psychology, which emotional intelligence kind of falls into. Um, and it's interesting to see the different things out there, but basically emotional intelligence in a relationship, um, it's a positive correlation. You have the higher the emotional intelligence of both people in the relationship, the better off the satisfaction in the relationship should be, right? Nothing's constant, but it should. And what it is is really emotional intelligence allows you to really dive into the small changes, positive or negative, that you see in another person on a day-to-day -day basis that you're in a relationship with, even a long-distance relationship. Emotional intelligence, you should be able to feel what your spouse is going through just by waking up in the morning. Like, I literally wake up in the morning, and, and, and my wife can be in the bathroom or something, but you can just feel the energy, and, and vice versa. And, and that's what emotional intelligence in a relationship is. Now, feeling that and understanding something is wrong and then actually responding to it and solving it is a whole other issue, right? Um, and I'll be the first to say, I'll say it again, I'm not saying this in a way that I'm the perfect husband or the perfect spouse or even the perfect father or perfect friend. But this is what we're going to talk about because uh, the preachers always say that I'm preaching, they're preaching to themselves. A lot of what I talk about is something that I'm going through, right? Um, and, and relationships and emotional intelligence, let's tap into it. So it's a gentleman named um, uh, John Gottman. And, and I know him because I was a psych major. Most people don't. But he's a psychological researcher, and he specializes in relationship satisfaction and divorce prediction. That's interesting. I never met John. The relationship satisfaction makes a lot of sense, but you're predicting divorce. That's interesting. I, 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 like, who is asking for that? Like, I don't predict my divorce. Like, I, I would rather, um, uh, I, like, fall upon it. I don't want you to predict. That's just too much for me. But John is an expert in the field. Um, I've looked at a lot of his research. Um, the more I get into emotional intelligence, especially when I'm looking at couples, um, and he's found a lot of, of interesting things. Now, I'm not sure if this particular stat that I'm going to bring up is from John, but I'll, but but th it is coming from an emotional intelligence perspective that it seems to be a correlation on the male in the relationship, um, especially in marriages where you have a bond and a and 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 a commitment there deeper than just dating. That it, that the higher the male's emotional intelligence, oftentimes the better chance they have at being successful in the marriage. And successful is relative, right? Um, successful to me and my wife may be something different for another couple. Um, but at the, at the end of the day, that's the point, is that um, it seems that the male carries a lot of the weight there. Now, I'm not going to dive into why, because you probably call me chauvinist, so I'm going to keep it to myself. But somebody's driving the car, and, um, and, and just in a not in a and, – and obviously with – my wife is, is high-powered, right? So I'm not a chauvinist by any means. I love to see her win. I'm there to support it all. Um, I actually need a wife like my wife. I'm a high flyer myself, and it, it just wouldn't work 
if I had somebody that didn't want to fly with me. So, um, and that's whether I'm being successful or not. She just has to be prepared to fly with me, and she, I can fly with her. Like I can get on her, you know. So it, it and that's so. So it works for us. But when I say um, that we need to check in, let's dive into what John is talking about here. So, emotional intelligent couples are those who consistently work on their friendship. And that's a very important point, and I can actually speak to that here so shortly on just our lives. Um, they know how to navigate conflict, but that's a tough one, especially if, if both of you are kind of hot-headed. Um, and share mutual fondness, respect, and purpose with each other. So that's just the general overall on what emotionally intelligent couples look like. Now, obviously, it's a, a scale there, and, and, and it moves, and it's probably not constant, and, and and, and life gets thrown into that, but that's generally what you'll see from emotionally intelligent couples, um, that they're successful. So we're going to jump into the first one. And, and John, um, in this particular thing, is, is the number one is stay in touch. Um, and stay in touch, he calls it updating your love map. Um, I say staying in touch. And, and basically what that is, and I've actually seen this um, – and, and I'm not going to go through my whole marriage and relationship, but we've had some rocky times. I mean, we met, I moved, we dated long distance, I moved down, I got promoted, we got married, and we moved to Michigan, we were newlyweds and having crazy trouble, um, all kinds of just, you know, just being newlyweds in a brand, we were in Michigan in the snow and my wife left her career. Um, we were having miscarriages and all this, all this upheaval. Um, I ended up resigning from the company um, and, and within a fight, um, and, uh, and I left, and my wife had just started working there, and she was there longer than me, and I had to continue to listen to her on conference calls because she worked remote um, with this company that I felt completely rejected and, and, and messed over by, and I still had to hear that, right? So, so emotionally intelligence is something I had to really, um, not just within my marriage, I had to develop for myself so that I didn't resent her, and I didn't... Uh, I didn't make it hard for her to be successful because at the time when I first left uh, Stryker, the company, um, I was doing well financially up until that time, but then I left. And then I put all my money into a company um, and made a lot of mistakes. So she was the breadwinner. So it was a lot within our marriage that she had to learn how to see me as who, whatever she saw me as. I think she may have resented me because I started a business and I was depressed and I was aloof and there was all this stuff going on. And she was the breadwinner, and she was traveling and doing all the things, and I kind of resented her because it was a lot, right? So within that, I actually see when I, right now as, as she's an entrepreneur, like I've been for a while, um, and she understands some of the things I was going through now. We can kind of relate and check in with each other. So I think that's a great point that John makes is to stay in touch with each other, but you also have to take into account what's going on in each other's lives. Right. When my wife was in corporate America and I was an entrepreneur, depressed and just trying to figure it out, um, she had different stressors than I had. Now, I understood because I came from corporate America and especially the company she was with. Um, she didn't let, not quite necessarily understand entrepreneurship yet. So, you know, from that dynamic, um, we had a lot of tension in, in those those early years of her still being with them and me trying to figure it out. Um, and when I look back on it, what we do well now is we laugh and we joke and we have a good time together. We're more friends now. Now, I get life back then. It was just a lot of things that didn't allow that. Um, but I also think that we were younger. We, we, I didn't, we didn't know the things we know now. Um, we were not aligned like we are now. So that laughing and being friendly 
um, is something that's very important early in a relationship and especially as you move forward to continue to, because we both have big goals and big dreams and we have children and families and all these things going on. Um, and we have to balance all that. So it's important that we can, we, we, that we like being around each other. Because if we don't, it, 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 it doesn't work. And that's what ends up in divorce. So that's something that we've gotten a lot better at. Um, one thing that I have gotten better at um, is apologizing early. You know, we, we you, and, and not just me, but people, we can be very uh, off in our camps, off in our, what, what we believe is right or wrong. And especially when you, you're in a couple and it's just you two and you feel the way you feel and you feel wrong and everything else. Um, taking fights days and weeks on end, I, it's just not healthy for me. So a lot of times, even if I feel like I'm right, I'll just apologize. And just disarm the situation, whether whatever she wants to do from there, it takes the tension off of me because I've just I can't deal with tension um, from the aspect of of that type of tension. I got way too much tension in, in the things I'm trying to get done and things that I that I got to juggle and make work and all the different things. I don't want tension when I come home. It's just not something I want. So a lot of times I'll just disarm it and apologize. And that's something that John actually uh, agrees with, with that staying in touch and updating your love map. Um, admire and respect each other. I think is something that, that is there as well. When I, I I really respect my wife. She is a <coughs> intelligent young, young lady. I've seen her. Excuse me, I'm coughing. I've seen her uh, when I was depressed and, and 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 detached and everything else when when that happened with the company and I started a business and we moved back here. Um, she held it down. She's a breadwinner. She's traveling the world. She was creating a the, the first privacy program for a Fortune 500 company. Um, and I was a blob over there trying to figure it out. And I'm not ashamed to say that. I was. I'm back, but I was then. And she held it down. She's, I mean, to me, you can call her She-Ra. She's my hero, honestly. Um, and I feel the same way about my mom, and she was a single mom. But I saw my wife hold it down when I was literally, I couldn't, <coughs> I'm embarrassed to say that, but I, <coughs> I was a nobody in my heart. So I respect her for that. I admire her. And she needs to know that and feel that. Because in the days when she uh, felt overwhelmed, I wasn't telling her that. But I was depressed. So now, even in, in, the, in the pressures we have now as entrepreneurs together, both doing things, um, I try to make sure she knows that. Good job. Wow. You can do it. I coach her just as much as she coaches me. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> So the second way we jump in because I'm slowing down now that I'm coughing and sweating is the to show daily appreciation to each other. And it's, John says the antidote to criticism and contempt. Now, criticism and contempt is something that me and my wife did well early in our relationship, I'll be honest. <coughs> She's a lawyer. I'm a sales rep. We both have an opinion. <coughs> we have to edit this out. Getting hot. Because <coughs> I'm coughing. I'm a post nasal drip. So, number two from John's list is to show daily appreciation. And he says it's the antidote to criticism and contempt. And, I, and, and we, my, my wife and I did that really good criticism and contempt of each other when we first 
um, got married. We again, we moved to Michigan, and we were up there together in the snow. I was traveling. She was at home at first, not working. Um, it was a it was a nightmare, not just in my world, her world too. It was crazy. Um, and that criticism and contempt, um, John says, is when one person puts the other down. Criticism, they feel superior. Contempt, um, <coughs> forcing the other to either protect his or her ego, defensiveness, or his or her emotions by shutting down, which is stonewalling. So that is is perfectly the cycle that you find yourself in that we were in for so long. Um, Honestly, I think if we were in Florida, we probably wouldn't even have made it through that period. Us being off in Michigan in the wilderness, I, I, Twelve minutes. <coughs> Hold on. Back in the center. <laughs> Can't do the outtakes on this. Call makeup. Uh. Yeah, so that cycle of criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling um, is, is deadly to a marriage, and it almost killed ours. When spec when we, the only reason we, 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 we made it through that period, and it was a long period, um, because we weren't equipped to be married. Um, I was selfish. My God was my career. And when that God got taken away, I was just a blob of a husband. Um, we never had an example of marriage um, in our life that uh, from my parents to, to really know what it was to be married. And we struggled uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, some of it we had no control over. Others we did. <coughs> but to stop that cycle, uh, he said practice fondness and admiration. And, and, and I can definitely think back on how we got healthier. Um, I can't speak for my wife, but it was when I, t I started to admire her. I started to look at it differently that I'm not just some depressed man over here that's not worthy and doesn't have a place and not the breadwinner and all these things I was feeling internally. Um, I started to admire what she was doing to support the family as I was worthless, um, whether she felt that way or not. And that really did help me. So I agree. Um, to get over that being contempted by somebody or, or, or just, just resenting them or whatever it may be, Start to see the good qualities in them. And if you can't, then maybe you, you don't have a relationship. The third one is they turn to each other for small and big things. Um, and, 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 and I can, again, give an example here. Uh, 
been an entrepreneur for years, right? My wife just launched her firm uh, in her podcast studio. We're here in Voice Box Studios coming at you. Um, and uh, on my end of the world, I'm trying to pivot my company and franchise. And 2022 was a big year. We, we signed our first four franchisees, but then it was also a terrible year because we struggled getting them open, and we're still struggling getting them open. It's a big lift. But I put everything aside for the back half of the year in the beginning of this year because we had to get this open. <coughs> you know, so um, that was a sacrifice I was willing to make because I knew how important it was for her. She sacrificed these last 10 years of supporting the family as I, as I limped along. Um, so it, it, it made sense for me to put everything I had into helping her get this open and helping her make it successful um, in addition to what I, what I want to do, right? Uh, I know entrepreneurship is tough. God sent me first um, to, to scout out the land and figure out how it works and what to do, and now she can benefit from my knowledge, and I willingly give it, not as a I know more than you will listen to me, but uh, we're a team, right? So the, that piece of it, uh, is is that even in the moments where I may not be the best husband and she may be mad at me, she knows I'm here for her. She knows I'm here to support. She knows that even in those mad times, we can put that aside and make sure the team wins. Um, and, and, and that does require demonstration. It may, it may not be my wife's love language or your spouse or love language, but um, just making sure I'm supporting her and what she's doing, right? You know, especially in our culture where a lot of what we're doing as African-Americans is first generation sometimes. I'm a first generation business owner in my family. Um, so is she, right? So how do we support each other to make sure it's the second and third and fourth and fifth and 10th and 11th and 20th generation of business owners in, in, in our family um, is that I got to make sure I support her doing it and she supports me. It's a team effort and that's important that we support each other. So from that aspect, uh, from that aspect of, of it is that um, we support each other. It's us against the world, literally. So when I'm in here at 2 in the morning a couple months back, scraping paint off the floor and painting, and I'm tired, and, and she's getting on my nerves, and the 3-year-old is stepping in pain and all the stuff we went through, um, it was worth it to see how happy she was on that grand opening day, and also to see her blossom right now and how she's killing it as an entrepreneur. And it's good to see because I, I know what it looks like to not kill as an entrepreneur at first. So it's beautiful to see that, and it's beautiful to be a part of that. So I always ask what she needs. I mean, she, she's, she's a go-getter, and she does the same for me. And, and, and so that's what, from an emotional intelligence perspective, is you guys against the world. And that's how it should be. And when you keep that mindset on your relationship and how you – accomplish things in this world, as long as we feel like it's we, me and her against the world, I've been on teams my whole life. I, so it's dudes that I want to fight on the team. But when that play clock starts and the kickoff happens, we, are, we brothers and we fight. We might not talk a little bit after and we got to figure it out, but we're we, us against the world. We can't be separated in that particular way. Number four, we've got a couple more. I'm not going to hold y'all all day. Number four is they let the partner influence them. Got an example for this one. Um, you gonna have to get my wife to come tell you about me. I can't talk about me, and because I, I can't say I'm a great husband, and not, not, she needs to tell you that. But for one thing that she really likes to do um, is is she basically is my stylist, but not and she's mean to me. I'm be honest. Like I, 
I may seem like this macho guy. I'm pretty soft feelings. I like you know. I'm joking, but she is. She's. I, I listen to her with my style because, you know, I'm not the biggest. I don't really. I walk around barefooted. I'm from North Carolina, right? Um, and you know, at first, because she comes a little sharp at me, and I, and you know, I would, I would feel a certain way about it. But I start to realize that you know, I get compliments on my style, and it helps me. I'm a, you know, I'm a founder. I'm a business owner. I'm going into different meetings now. I'm not just in the store anymore. And it's things that I should listen to. I let her influence me. I let her influence me in a lot of ways. It's not a bad thing, men, to have a woman in your life that has intuition. And this is something else that Hutch said at Akaba, um, and and that I totally agree with. Um, I coming from a single mother household and a very uh, strong matriarchal grandmother. I've always been cool with female leadership, um, and 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 the reason why is is that they do have a lot of intuition. I like to think that I'm very high on discernment. Um, but intuition, women just have it. And find a woman that 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 you love that that has that intuition, and then follow it. Um, it's 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 God, right? Um, so I let her influence me. Now I'm not saying it's easy because I am an opinionated person, and there's certain things that I, I I'm not gonna budge on. But it is things that 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 I let her influence my life because it benefits me and her and the family. So men, let them influence you. And women, let us influence you too. We, we, we have some perspective as well. The next one is uh, they keep high standards for the relationship. And what does that mean? For my wife and I, and, and we got about four more here, for my wife and I to keep in the high standards in a relationship, for us it means that we keep our goals high. We're both type A, we goal-oriented people. Um, and John says something that's very important here. Uh, and he says that a big misconception with couples is that huge expectations cause unhappiness in relationships. And couples that believe this to be true, they lower their standards in order to avoid disappointment. But think about that. You're inviting disappointment because you're not fulfilled. So lowering your standards, so we're not going to go after these big goals or whatever it may be, children, a house, or whatever it may be, career, or traveling the world, or we want this for our marriage or that. You don't go after it because you don't want to be disappointed, but that's the fastest way to be disappointed. You're not fulfilled. Go after it. And my wife and I, we, we, we share that drive. Um, and I'll be honest, sometimes it can be a little cumbersome when we, we both have things to do. Uh, but the sacrifice is, is that I want to see her successful and she wants to see me successful. So the sacrifice is it comes within that. It's expectations, remember. We have big goals, us against the world. Then we must sacrifice and make sure that we can reach our goals as a couple. And that includes both of us being fulfilled. Make sense? But think, remember that. Huge that Don't lower your standards ever. Now, I say that in meeting new people. Sometimes you need to get to know people. First impressions aren't always true. So I'm not saying lower your standards and only need this type of person. I'm saying that don't lower your expectations for your relationship and for your goals and your dreams. You, woman, should accomplish your goals and dreams if you have them. And you, my man, should accomplish yours too because that's what both brings the fulfillment to the relationship. If one person is unhappy, and I know this very well, my wife was in corporate America and wanted to go after her entrepreneurial dreams, and, and, and I was out here doing it not very well and depressed and everything else, and she resented me as if it was like this, I was living my dream when I literally was living in a nightmare. I didn't check in with her and tell her that, 
But I wasn't, and she wasn't. It made sense for us to sacrifice for her to be fulfilled too. Now, I've gotten to fulfillment, um, but it, it, I, I just don't agree with the relationship that one feels less than for any reason. I just don't. Maybe your relationship works like that, and if it works for you, keep it relative. All right, so number six, we got seven, eight, and nine on the speed up, and we're done. But this is an important episode because a lot of couples don't make it, and a lot of them do. So what is it? Is it, is it something we must do, or is it matter? Is it a little fluid? I think it's fluid, but these are the pieces that we need to focus on. <coughs> and this kind of goes into the last one. They support their partner's deepest dreams. I knew a couple one time, um, and I'm saying no names. I know a lot of people. I'm 42 years old. But they didn't even know what each other – they had been together a long time. And they didn't even know what each other's dreams were. Now, I didn't notice at the time. I wasn't like some emotional intelligence person and coaching people. But it was, even then, it was odd. Like, how can you – like, how do you even have a friend that you don't know what they want to do or what they aspire or, like, what happens tomorrow? Like, I – if you are in a relationship, you, you should absolutely know what heaven looks like for y- your partner, your spouse. Not that mean you're going to reach that. Not that mean you're going to get that or obtain that. But you should absolutely know what that is so you can always help them to get towards it. What I found is the more uh, fulfilled um, – I just get fulfilled on seeing other people succeed, and I know that sounds wonky, and you think I'm lying when I say that I don't. I cry when you win. It is what it is. But especially my wife, right? I want to see her, like, I want to see her win. So supporting her deepest dreams for me is natural, and it's natural for her, too. She's a very uh, loyal person. But if you're in a relationship and you don't know what your partner's dreams are, then you, you probably start there. That I think that'll enter into a good conversation because you can't support somebody if you don't know what it is they want. Maybe you can't offer it, and that scares you, but that absolutely doesn't mean that they shouldn't want it. It's a relationship. Number seven, they know how to soothe themselves and each other. Now, what does that mean? That means you go soothed in this particular case is what we're talking about here with John is that how do you handle conflict? (coughs) Conflict as in, you know, uh, my wife's a lawyer, and she can argue. Now, I'm very politically oriented and I've always been interested in politics and I'm a know-it-all in some respects of being able to, I don't know everything, but the things I know, I, you know, I'm not afraid to say I know it. And uh, so we can, have, we, we can have some heated arguments. Um, but in that, I've learned um, that, is, that, 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 that arguments can't last forever. Like, at some point, it, it, it has to be, have a safe word. Now, I'm not saying my wife and I have this. I'm going by John's suggestions, but I can see where he's going. I tend to walk away. Now, my wife kind of takes that as I'm shutting down, not walking away. Like, we're not getting anything done here. We're just going back and forth. You're right. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. You're right. Whatever. We both think we're right. If I, I, It's hard to apologize in the moment. I might do that a few hours later, but I will walk away. For me, that's soothing myself. <coughs> not that she wins or loses. It's just not worth it. We go be married tomorrow. We'll be fighting over. It's not that important. How do you soothe yourself? And then once you find how you do that in a healthy way, then allow your partner to do it. Arguing 
just for the hell of it helps nobody. That's important. I agree with John. Learn how to soothe yourself and then support each other in that soothing. My wife sometimes gets mad at me when I walk away. I don't walk away disrespectfully. I let her get a point out. But if we just going back and forth, I, if for me, I walk away. I, I get because I'm a former football player. So I, I, I can get to a level and I don't like that. So I walk away. It works for me. Know how to soothe yourself in a relationship. And then we got two more. They learn to cope with unsolvable problems. That's 98% of a relationship. Um, now the unsolvable problem may be something that they don't like about you or vice versa. The unsolvable problem may be financial. The unsolvable problem may be may, may not have children, right? We've had 11 miscarriages and a, 12, and a stillborn. And then we uh, miraculously adopted a newborn baby that dropped in our lap, literally. But... That is unsolvable. And when you say, well, ah, that's not going to break you up. <laughs> Whoever says that has never gone through a miscarriage and certainly hadn't gone through 11 and definitely didn't deliver a stillborn baby. Because when I tell you that the hormones act up for a woman when that happens, and I'm not laughing or picking, it's a serious situation, it absolutely almost broke us up. And not in the way that I was mad at her that she couldn't produce baby because I could have been me that was a problem. We did doctors. We did all of that. But that was unsolvable for us. And not only that, I saw my wife just go through a lot of health issues um, for years because of, of, of childbirth. <coughs> so for us, that was unsolvable. Um, and we literally had to put it, we had to table it, not forget about it, not continue to believe that it was going to happen for us. Um, but it couldn't continue to drive our relationship if we wanted to be together long term because it would be resentment in there. It would be things that, that it just happens. That for us was unsolvable. Emotionally intelligent couples recognize the, the monumental thing there that they can't control it and they can't solve it. Are you then going to let it break you up? And the beauty of it, and I think this is the miraculous part of it, <coughs> is that when we put the burden down, <coughs> is when we put the burden down and moved on from it, everything we wanted happened, and not through us. It was amazing. It's a lesson for everybody. <coughs> and the last one is they share meaningful rituals. <coughs> And number nine is they share meaningful rituals. Now, rituals for me is a, I don't like that word. I don't like anything that's ritual, just for me. Um, you may feel that way or not. For me, what John is saying here is share something meaningful together. For my wife and I, it's our faith. We're Christians. We believe in Jesus Christ. Um, when we met, I was agnostic. Um, and if you don't know what agnostic means, is I thought it was a higher power somewhere out there, universe or something. Um, but it didn't really care about me. And, you know, I was just a number. I was just a, 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 some DNA and cells and electrons walking around on earth. Um, my wife had a deep faith in, in, in Christ. Um, and I'm not a follower by any means, so it's not that I just capitulated to what my wife believed. I did my research. I experienced it. I have a relationship with, with God now, and I'm uh, fine with that. We're able to share that. 
and it propels us uh, to to not necessarily greatness. I don't know what that means, but it definitely it 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 it, it ties us. We we we're on the same. We have the same v- plane. We have the same uh, view of the horizon. And it allows us to get through tough moments in life because we believe the same thing. Now, I've heard of couples that don't believe the same thing, some that it would, if it works for you, right? But share something meaningful uh, that ties you guys together. Now, I suggest from a ritual perspective to be careful, but um, for my wife and I, it's our faith in Christ. And that's what we lean on, we practice it, we pray. We believe together. We have faith together, and it it has gotten us through the tough times. I mean, it, it, um, I can ima- I can think of probably a hundred times when we got almost got divorced, and I'm not lying. Beginning of fourteen years, almost fifteen, and and I'm not laughing when I say that. The beginning of our marriage was rough, <laughs> but we definitely feel like we were put together for a reason, and that's what we're living. Um, and it hasn't been easy. So our faith that we share together, that we practice together that we outwardly live together, that we're example together, um, is really um, why we're successful individually and together as a couple. But that is the beginning of the couple's talk that I want to do with emotional intelligence. The next will be, and it's not going to be next episode, um, hopefully this was interesting to you. I talked to a lot of people with relationships, and, and we, we I'm not a relationship expert at all, so I really don't coach on that level. Um, I'm more of a, a fulfillment coach, like where is it you want to be and how do we get there, um, and how do we, what's the mindset that gets us there and keeps us there. Um, but relationships is part of emotional intelligence, and I have a marriage, and we're doing some things together as entrepreneurs that definitely test what we do. So I thought it was pertinent. But I really want to get to the part of how do you support successful people together. Um, we're going to do high-powered woman first. Um, but that doesn't mean the man's not high-powered. I'm not a slouch. How do I support her and how does she support me? We're going to start off with how do I support her? How do you support her? And maybe a woman's not high-powered, but maybe she wants to be. How do you support her there, right? Um, this is important. And the more fulfilled we are together, the easier it is to get to our fulfillment and goals in life in general. I'm the emotional pet guy, good citizens of the earth. This was great. Hopefully this helps some couples respond to me, subscribe to my podcast, help me grow. And I appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll see you in a couple days. Peace. Freaking coughing like a. Okay, I, I hopefully I stopped enough. You can just edit that out. <laughs>